Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. Welcome to Spotty, streaming to you live from Melbourne Town here at the Ticket News Studio in Glamorous Richmond where we shine the spotlight on your shares and answer your questions live on air. So how do you ask them? Well, of course, you can text us. Our uh, text number there is 0480-079-089 or you can email us, question at spotty.com.au. But because a few stonemasons in 1850 uh, cracked the sads and wanted an eight-hour working day, uh, we did have a public holiday yesterday, so we've now got a backlog of questions, but by all means, send them through as they come to mind because we will address them, if not in this episode, in subsequent episodes uh, to come. And those details will appear at the bottom of the screen, of course. So let's bring in today's uh, Chief Spotters, starting with, well, someone who's a great friend of the program. Every time his name appears on our uh, soon-to-be-appearing list, uh, we get uh, bombarded with these emails. It's David Novak from Wealthwise Education. G'day, David. How are you doing? Good, Elio. How are you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, better now that you've jumped on the show. But look, for those that may be just tuning in for the first time from Mars or some other godforsaken place and they don't know about yourself, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, those scars you got and um, <laughs> what battles you fought to get those. And then more importantly, the wonderful education business that you've built at Wealthwise Education. Yeah, sure, Elio. Um, I've had a bit of plastic surgery over the years, but obviously it hasn't been working too well, I can see. Um, no, I've been around 35 years a market veteran, teaching for nearly 25 years now, teaching investors um, how to invest safely in the markets, you know, using both we call technical and fundamentals, you know, combining the two, which give you a very powerful formula and also how to manage risk. So knowing, you know, what's a good deal versus a bad deal. And um, it all comes back to risk management in the end and timing. That's what I've discovered in 35, 40 years. And the other thing I teach is derivatives, how to uh, use options to either generate a monthly income or how to protect your portfolio um, if in the ASX top 50, if you've got a self-managed super fund, how to get protection if the market falls and also how to trade options as well. So I've been doing teaching derivative strategies for 20 years as well. So that's uh, that's about it. And, uh, you know, I've had a few, uh, as you said, scars in the, on the battlefield <laughs> yeah although you are talking another language at the moment risk management what on earth is that i thought they only go yeah. up uh but I, I dare suggest we're going to be having some interesting conversations coming over the coming weeks and months uh david because uh, the market seems to be at that interesting a uh, little bit of a precipice but you know what it always seems to be that way so hey we'll just keep the conversation rolling our second guest will be with us in a moment so we'll uh, introduce them once they uh, jump online uh, currently as we go to air though the market uh where are we currently all well, the all ordinaries up 0.83 percent the xjo up point 
98%. So it looks like it's picked up a bit of steam uh, later on this morning into the early afternoon. And fingers crossed we can keep that positive momentum running in train. Okay, so let's go to the main market news. And look, well, today uh, we received the final bid from the Macquarie Consortium Mirror to purchase Vocus. Uh, the price tag of $3.5 billion or $5.50 per share has been attributed to this. Not surprisingly, the board has approved the offer given they really don't know what to do with it either themselves. But look, Vocus has been on the radar of companies before today. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone wants to pay to play. I mean, in 2019, uh, there were actually uh, two failed bids, one from EQT Infrastructure and the other from AGL. Um, they both decided to walk once they had a look under the hood. But it looks like Macquarie are comfortable um, with the offer. But, you know, David, if I could just quickly get your view in regards to, you know, the concept of possibly buying into a takeover offer. Um, Vocus is obviously on the radar of companies. We've seen evidence of that before. Currently trading at $5.43, which is a little bit below what that offer price is. What sort of, again, basically focusing more on the education rather than the specifics. When you see that offer come through, you know, should investors do the Rene Rifkin and just buy in for a second offer? Or do you think, you know, maybe you just take your winnings and uh, go look for another opportunity? What's your general view? Well, in regards to focus, I would take the money and run, Elio. Um, mm. You know, look, it's fully valued up here and the earnings multiple around 90 times. Um, the, look, the stock price was languishing for a little while there. In fact, just going back, um, actually, it had, it had a fantastic recovery since those yeah. lows of yeah. around $2 back in March last year. Um, but look, for my money, um, I would not be waiting. I think it's fully valued up here, and I, I just take the money and run. Yeah, you might get a few extra cents, but you know what? You'd be waiting months for it. So, yeah, possibly consider looking for new other opportunities. In more takeover news, Mainstream told the market today that Hong Kong-based Vistra Group has put in an offer for the company at $1.20 a share, or that's around $170.1 million. So the board uh, has recommended investors take that offer as well. And the final topic, uh, Western Areas will undertake $100 million equity raising to fund the development of its Odessa underground mine, uh, advance further exploration activities as well, and look at uh, building some organic growth uh, projects. But David, I want to spend on Western Areas, but more specifically the broader topic of nickel. It's nickel on the LME had a pretty big fall uh, late last week, uh, falling a significant amount. There's talk that nickel mat may be used in the manufacture of batteries um, in China. Now, for those that don't know, it's a byproduct of uh, nickel um, that can be made, and it can be made out of pig iron and a few other things. So it's not your A-grade sort of, um, you know, IGO or Western Areas nickel, but the risk that that could possibly flood supply on the market and therefore impact demand for nickel saw the price fall. Be very interested in regards to your views um, on uh, nickel and, you know, then how it extends to IGO and even one I hold Poseidon um, and even NIC, who's a beneficiary of this. What's playing out in that space at the moment, mate? How, how do you feel from a, uh, an investor's perspective for those holding nickel miners right now? Yeah, look, I'm still very positive on the sector. I mean, look, all the base metals, if you look at copper, especially and nickel, um, both of those have, you know, really had a strong rally since the lows. Like nickel, I was just looking at the nickel chart, you know, from those March lows, um, you know, nickel's rallied from 11,000 a tonne. It got up to about 19,500. Here we are back to almost 16,000 a tonne. So mm -hmm. it's had a very sharp correction in the last couple of weeks of 20%. 
Um, look, I'm not uh, bearish on nickel, or especially with the battery, you know, with the outlook for batteries and what's required for electric vehicles is, is nickel. But if you look at the, the trading range, nickel's been in a really strong trading range for three years, between 11,000 US a tonne and 19,000. And as I said, it just breached that recently and then it's pulled back. So there's some profit taking here. So, you know, Western Mining doing a capital raise as well of 100 million. I mean, for Odessa, they, they've got a positive outlook uh, going forward. So I'm still positive. I would not be dumping uh, nickel stocks down here. In fact, I'd be looking for the opportunity to buy. I mean, the chart on Western areas is not positive right now, but it's come down to a support level. I'd wait till um, the, the rights issue um, passes through, you know, where they're raising 100 million at $2.15, which I think is about an 8.5% discount yeah. to the, the last closing price. So um, I like the space and, you know, uh, but I wouldn't be rushing to buy in. Just wait for the nickel price to settle down before rushing in to buy in this space right now. But I, it looks still positive to me. Yeah, I agree with those views on the broader sector. Uh, we now have our second guest who's just uh, joined us on the program. It's uh, Kunal Sawney from Kelkine. How are you doing, Kunal? I'm very good, Elio. Thank you very much for inviting me and thank you very much for being with you guys. And uh, it's a busy, busy, busy day, but I'm here and let's get this going. Indeed we will. But before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the business that you've built there um, at Calkine? So Calkine has uh, taken me about eight years to build this. We are in Australia, New Zealand, UK, Canada, and we are launching in US this month. And um, and we cover a range of equities from around the world, from the dividend stocks to the penny stocks, to the mining companies, to the electric vehicles, you name it, we have it. And visit our website, calkine.com.au, and you will find everything that we have. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kunal. So it's time for us to answer your questions. Just a reminder, of course, that all the information in today's show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And therefore, should you decide to act on any of it, you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances. Past performance is no indicator of future performance, of course. And if you wish to discuss any of this content with anyone other than your significant other in life, you need to do so with an advisor that's licensed to have that conversation with you. And remember, we have interest in stocks. Uh, many of them we do often talk about on the show. We try to remember to disclose and we do have an interest in those businesses. Uh, but uh, sometimes in the cut and thrust of stock discussion, we can forget. Uh, for example, I hold Poseidon and NIC as well. I should have mentioned that. Um, but feel free to contact us directly if you um, wanted to uh, uh, seek uh, any further clarification of any particular interest we may have. Um, our emails are always open to you. And uh, Spotty's proud to be powered by our sponsors at ShareWealth Systems. Go to sharewealthsystems.com to learn how they've helped Australian investors outperform by giving them an edge over others. So be the tortoise and win the race of investing life. Go to the website right now. Well, maybe after the show, sharewealthsystems.com. All right then, gentlemen, time to go into uh, questions. Now, as I mentioned, it was a public holiday here in Melbourne yesterday, so there was no Spotty show. So we've got a big board of questions that are coming up. Question from Tesh who wants to effectively, he's looking at the gold price. Gold basically is going down. He doesn't need any counselling or comfort there. But being the forward-looking man that uh, he is, he's saying, are there any potential opportunities on the back of this weakness? And he'd like to know our preferred sort of small to mid-cap producer. That's the caveat he threw in there. It has to be currently producing. So, uh, David, I might throw over to you. Um, for your views there in regards to just, uh, you know, one stock that once all the craziness in the gold price actually settles down, uh, possibly might be one for Tesh to go and research. 
Yeah, look, uh, I've mentioned this one before, Elio, uh, Medusa Mining, MML. Uh, it's around 80, 85, 86 cents. Uh, market cap of 178 million. They've got about 100 million in the in the bank, in the kitty. Um, small producer in terms of, well, not that small, actually not in the 95,000 ounces. Cost of production is 1,200 to 1,300 US, unhedged. So they're like, they, they're making at least four or $500 on the gold price. And, um, you know, they came out with their profit result recently, half yearly, 40 million US net profit after tax and declared a five cent dividend as well. So if you look at the yield, it's like 5%, just a nearly 6% um, unfranked dividend yield. Um, stellar result for the half year. So really, it's pretty hard for me to go past this one. It's not as liquid as, you know, the bigger names around. You know, if you're looking at some, something on the higher end of town, I'd go to Resolute, um, Silver Lake, um, you know, the, those St. Barbara, those, those stocks. But Resolute is one that I particularly like at this level. And they've got some good hedging in place. And uh, but they go, yeah, the gold price looks pretty ordinary at the moment. Um, mm. Seeing if there's going to be a technical bounce from this level where we are right now. But you know, gold producers in Australia are still getting 2,200 Aussie. So you know, if they're producing around 12, they're all in sustaining costs around 12, 1,300. They're still getting a very healthy margin here. So um, yeah, I, I like the gold sector right down here. I think there's some bargains. What about you, Kunal? What sort of, uh, or which, uh, you know, sort of small mid-cap producer in the gold space, uh, once gold prices settle, uh, could uh, Tesh go and do some research on? Yeah, very good question, Elio. So let's talk about some big ones first before I go into the small ones. So then among the big ones, obviously, we have the usual names, Newcrest Mining, Evolution Mining, Northern Star Resources. And people should also look at a gold uh, ETF, uh, ETFS physical gold ETF. The ASX code is gold, uh, not surprising. And uh, so these four are the big ones. Among the small ones, I would say, um, you know, we do have companies like Troy Resources. Um, we have companies like First AU, FAU is the code for that one. So a couple of these ones among the small caps are uh, are pretty good as well. So, you know, I've given you a couple of small ones. I've given you some big ones. So, you, you know, people can look at both of them. All right. Well, for what it's worth, Tesh, I'll just throw in uh, Gold Roads, G-O-R. On the different end there, it's a little bit more expensive. I'll explain why in a moment. Uh, yeah, look, I sold half back at $1.66. I looked like an idiot when it went up to $1.90, and now I look like a genius at $1.08. I suppose it's all about timing, isn't it? Uh, if it keeps falling, yep, I'm going to have to top up. Why do I like it? Well, it's in WA, of course. It's got the Gruyere uh, mine, which has now been in production for 18 months. It's in that JV with the Gruyere mining, of course. It is profitable. Recently in a presentation, it provided an update on the three-year mine outlook, which was a slight upgrade Two, they've also got their 100% owned prospect at Yamana, which is exciting with uh, diamond drilling uh, starting there later this month. And then there's possible, uh, you know, for further extensions out in Gruyere itself. So it is more pricey, um, unlike Medusa, uh, but that uh, should come down as production ramps up. So hopefully that answers that question there. Let's keep it with the big caps if I can. And I'll go to you for this one, uh, Kunal. Um, it is in mm -hmm. the IT space, which is a sector we know you follow quite closely. Uh, it comes from mm -hmm. Ben wants to ask uh, our opinion in regards to Newix, code NXL, um, in terms of the longer-term prospects. He's taken a position at $4.70 after the recent sell-off in the stock, which was um, yeah very good, and he's uh, patting himself on the back for making that great call and thinks he'll do it again. <laughs> but he's trying to understand whether it's just going to be another Altium or Appen 
or whether there's something that actually makes it uh, more resilient than that. So what's your thoughts in regards to uh, NXL there, Kunal? Okay, so let's talk about NXL. Uh, they have been to as high as $11.86 in January and a very volatile stock. Uh, they also fell about 31%. Mm. So, so New York sh New York's, uh, share price is, a, is, is what we call going up and down quite volatile um, at the moment. Uh, but let's look at um, their you know, half yearly result. Um, is is the result was not the best, you know, um, um, and one of the things they mentioned there was that the Australian currency has strengthened against the U.S. dollar, mm -hmm. and the new X revenue comes from U.S. dollar, um, so that's a, that's a big reason for that. Secondly, um, the U.S. election in November last year, um, you know, that disrupted uh, the timing of. Uh, uh, contract awards. So those two reasons were the big reasons. But otherwise, I think um, they are they are a good business, and um, and you know people should look at them whenever there is a correction. Yeah, I mean the issue was obviously around the pricing um, of the uh, the IPO and the like, and that's sort of settled down now. And yes, notwithstanding that they came a little short of their um, IPO prospectus in terms of uh, their uh, um, earnings trajectory. That was only given two months, I might add, after that um, a prospectus was issued. So there were questions around how could I get that so wrong. Um, but look, it settled here, seems to be finding a bit of support and will probably be company news that drives it from here on in. David, I want to touch on a company that you know very well. Um, obviously, uh, I was just trying to grab uh, his name. Bear with me a moment, sorry. Um, Nick from Adelaide. Uh, Nick hasn't watched our program that often because he asked a question about Grange Resources GRR and he wants to know why the PE is so low. Nick, go and look at every single past episode that David and other guests have been on. That topic has been covered at nauseam. So rather than going and touching on that, David, how about you gloat a little bit and talk about the wonderful result they did um, generate and the fact that the market now seems to be at least acknowledging the fact that it exists. Yeah, finally. Um, geez, it takes a while for people to pick this up. But, you know, um, as I said, been talking about it for a while. I mean, when we talked about this last time, I was on the show on the 16th of February. It was, um, And then a couple of weeks later, they announced their four-year result, which was out of the ballpark. I mean, I was expecting an upper-end target of 150 million net profit after tax. They blew that out of the water, came out with 204 million net profit after tax, up 163% from the previous year and increase their dividend by another cent, so three cents for the year. So right now, even at 57 cents, I mean, the stock rallied at that time, I think it was trading around 40, 42, 43 cents and it hit, it jumped to 60 cents after that result, pulled back to about 57. It's got a market cap now of about 660 odd million, but you know, 280 million is in cash and receivables. So, you know, just on that result alone, if the iron ore price stays where it is elevated, that's the big question mark. The you know you've got to watch the commodity, you've got to watch what iron ore price to, prices do. But certainly, if it stays like this for the next six to twelve months, I mean, there's no reason this stock won't double and they'll exceed their profit result yet again, and you know and increase their cash balance. But look, it's it's been off the radar for most people and certainly funds. It's no broker covers it. As I said before, the company hasn't done any PR. Suddenly, the market's waking up to the value of this this company and the strong balance sheet. So, 
you know, it's a buy. And if you've, if you've got the stock, it's definitely a hold and collect the dividends. And welcome to Spotty 2, Nick. And hopefully uh, you don't mind my general candor there. It's just, yes, it is a stock <laughs> that we've talked about extensively. Um, one, though, that's definitely in the hot sector at the moment, of course, um, is uh, VML, Vital Metals, uh, Kunal. Uh, both Vladimir mm. and Graham ask about this. They want to hear our thoughts in regards to uh, the stock. It's run up quite a little bit recently. It's a rare earths play, of course. We know about the mighty mm-hmm. Linus, LYC, and, and all that's happened there. VML knocking on the door, literally. What's your view in regards to VML and the broader rare earth sector as a whole? A very, very good question from Vladimir and Graham. So, guys, great question. Uh, VML is an explorer developer focusing on rare earth metals. And all of us know with China saying they don't want to export any more of this, there is a huge demand for this. Uh, VML has produced a 12 kilogram sample of rare earth carbonate Mm. as part of bulk sampling program um, in their project in Canada. VML is on track to rare earth production in quarter to 21, calendar year 21. So this quarter after March, uh, making it the first rare earth metals producer in Canada and only the second REE producer in North America. So while rare earth market continues to strengthen, VML is a very interesting play. So uh, looking from the demand and supply, you know, they are in a good position sitting in Canada and only the second company in North America to do this. Yeah, and with uh, Neodymium uh, going through the roof, currently over $100 a kilo, it's just tick, tick, tick at the moment for VML, um, soon to be a producer of rare earths. Um, I will uh, change tack, though, and go to a larger company with you before we have our um, little break, if you don't mind, David. Um, It's Coles, code COL. Um, Traditionally, not one that necessarily excites or gets the blood going, but it has sort of done that recently after a pretty big pullback since its announcement. The question comes from Glenn, and he's just wondering about Coles at this level from a technical perspective. He wants to know whether it's likely to head back up towards a $17 level. Now, he doesn't specify whether it's this week, this year, or this decade. Um, So we'll, we'll take it with that with a grain of salt. How about the, that uh, price action at the moment? Again, from an education perspective, as you'd educate people at uh, Wealthwise, you know, when you see that sort of savage sell-off, what sort of indicator would you then be looking at to convince you that the price is likely to go one way or the other? Well, Ali, I, um, I would be looking at, uh, first of all, you know, I, I'm looking at the moving averages here, you know, and I use a crossover moving average of 8 to 13. Um, and it hasn't quite crossed, the 8 hasn't crossed above the 13 to indicate. It is consolidating down here, which is a good thing. I mean, the, there's very big support for Coles at $15. I mean, their result was, the, I thought the result was very good. Um, you know, and it's come down to a really good valuation level down here, in my view. And almost 4% fully franked yield, uh, 20 times earnings. But look, 30, 38% return on equity. Nothing shabby about that. It was just the outlook statement from the CEO that, you know, spooked the market and it got slammed. I was quite surprised. You know, it was um, trading at around $18.50. They're about just above 18. And here we are, you know, $15.60, around $15.60. So I I like it as it accumulate down here. Um, Can it go back up to 18, 19? Not in a hurry. I don't think it will, but I I I think it could go back to 17 quite easily. 
Um, but look for value uh, as a value play. It's a good defensive stock as well, being in that sector. And um, I, I like it down here. It's accumulate, but not an aggressive buy until you see that that crossover on the moving average, like I said, and and also a signal that it's starting to trend back up again. But down here, it's good value. Okay, yeah. Elio, I, uh, I just that. want to add. Yes, uh, for now. I just want to add a very small two cents of mine. Um, there is a note out from Goldman Sachs uh, where they have put a buy rating on the stock, mm -hmm. and they have given a price target of about twenty dollars and seventy cents. Okay, Excellent. so basically, uh, Goldman Sachs is seeing a potential upside of about thirty-one percent over the next twelve months. And haven't watched the, both these guys and Woolworths for many, many years now. Inevitably, the time to buy it when it go the other way. It's just one of the nature of being in a staple stock. We're about halfway through, so I've just got to remind you all, of course, of those details. Question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 But as I've said, we've got a lot of questions through. But don't worry, keep sending them through. We'll get to them as best we can. And then also remember to take some time to download the ebook from Sharewell Systems. Go to the website, 16 Trades. That's 16trades.com to learn the qualities required to be a successful investor as authored by our great friend Gary Stone, such as the need to have mutual expectations, which may seem crazy to some because, you know, why go through the pain of managing your own money if you don't have expectations to actually make some money? Well, otherwise you give it to a fund manager, wouldn't you? Make sure you read the PBS, blah, blah, blah. But seriously, we know that deep down, we want to get it right 100% of the time. We know we all have a tendency to drink our own bath water and anchor our thoughts on preconceived biases, experiences, and expectations. But successful traders, including Gary, have educated investors that this is a slippery slope to disaster. That is why you need to approach the market with a neutral mindset, uh, which will keep your emotions in check and allow you to make decisions based on the cold, uh, cold hard facts. You know, you gotta deal with the cards, you, you know, play with the cards you dealt with, rather than, you know, the ones you wish you were holding. Um, being calculated makes it much easier when it comes to know when it's time to fold and sell a stock for a loss rather than waiting for the next, and then you can wait for the next hand for another chance to pull an A. So download the ebook 16trades16trades.com to learn why being neutral in our expectations is essential, plus the other 15 trades to be a successful investor as well. All right then, gentlemen, as we go to air, unfortunately, the market's little pop has sort of retraced a little bit since. Uh, currently, the all ordinary is up 0.6%. The XJO up 0.73%. So it's still a win for the market, but um, just easing a little bit at the moment. Question from Joseph uh, Kunal for you. Um, it's about Cardno, CDD. Um, I'll read his question to give everyone a bit of context. Um, he invested in CDD after a demerge from the engineering division. Uh, it's now solely a consultancy company for environmental related work. Um, its share price didn't do much last year and a couple of times he wanted to push the sell button. But that's changed in recent times since the latest result because it's gone northeast. Um, and now he's wondering whether it should be a long-term hold. I'll come to you in a moment about that bit, David. But um, Kunal, just in regards to CDD, um, your views there um, in regards to uh, its latest report and uh, the business as a whole. Um, uh, so first of all, Joseph, um, a good question. Cardno, they are a professional infrastructure and environmental services uh, company. Mm -hmm. um, their half year 2021 EBITDA was over 24 million, uh, moderately up from the last year. The company announced a dividend of about 1.0 cents per share for a period where the pandemic was taking toll on dividends. So they did well in that side. Uh, for the long-term confidence seems high as the company has upgraded 
financial year 21 EBITDA guidance range between 45 to 50 million. So, so they're pretty confident about this. Uh, one more impressive point is uh, their ongoing dividend of 50% to 70% of underlying uh, net profit after tax, which is also very good. And at this point, uh, one should be aware that uh, CDD's annual yield is about 3.15%, which is also very good. And there has been a noticeable improvement in net debt that reflects ongoing cash generation and fiscal discipline. And post-demerger, Cardano has returned to its route, while the company believes there is a solid basis for revenue and EBITDA growth both in the short and the medium term and the impact of COVID-19 and, and various other business specific factors is hard to predict, but we believe they're in a pretty good position. Okay, um, look, David, I do need to change that because the machine's going in the meltdown. I wouldn't be doing proper service, so I wasn't answering the questions. But in essence, if nothing's changing your investment thesis, um, then you would basically get rid of it. But if it uh, has changed and you may wish to keep it. Ultimately, it's why you get in will determine when it's time to get out. But I want to, a bit of a double banger question here. One comes from Greg and the other comes from Kevin and I'll meld these two together. Um, Greg has been overweight the banks for the last six months and we talked just before we went on air how great a run that they've been on. So he got a little bit overweight and being tactical and smarter than the average bear, he has been seeking some possible opportunities in the healthcare and tech space. Um, both sectors, like we talked about with NXL being belted, uh, App and Altium and the like. Um, he, he's just, you know, wanting a, a general thought because he's looking at, you know, those healthcare and tech stocks, just wondering whether he thinks that that's a relatively good idea. And then I'll throw in the question from Kevin, which is he's looking at CSL, the mighty CSL, premier large cap growth stock on our exchange. Can't find a lover at the moment, no matter what app it uses to try to find some uh, uh, fun time. It is really struggling at this point in uh, its cycle. So, you know, throwing in Greg's comment, throwing in Kevin's, is CSL at these levels an opportunity? Um, and, you know, the broader sector, because Fisher & Paykel, ResMed, Cochlear, throw them all in. They've all had a pretty tough time, haven't they? Yeah, well, Cochlear's been uh, on a tear, um, surprisingly. Oh, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, you know, that's true. yeah um, CSL, though, I, I've, been, I've said over the last few months many times that... Uh, I wouldn't touch CSL because the trend has been very weak. The sentiment is very bearish and it's continued to go down because of the strong Aussie dollar against the US. So that's what's had a major impact on CSL's uh, earnings from overseas. Uh, technically down here, look, you, you could argue it's a technical buy for a, a, a short-term technical bounce. Um, that's about it. To me, the trend is still very weak um, until I see there's, there's a lot of damage here in the share price. That and the trend in particular. So I would not be rushing to buy it, but if you're looking for a technical bounce as a trader, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for a bounce uh, up for the share price. If I'm looking at the chart here, I would say that, you know, you could easily go back to, you know, 260 from here to where it is now, it's around just around 250. So it could easily jump 10, $15. Uh, but then, you know, you, you'll, you'll get people who are the short sellers jump back in or people who bought thinking it was cheap when it was 260 or 270, even higher, uh, they'll look to sell. So, you know, there's a lot of technical damage here. Just it does not scream buy to me. But for a technical bounce for a trader, it does. That's yeah. the short answer. And we talk about a lot of those healthcare stocks on this uh, program uh, too, Greg. So no doubt there'll be a couple names that come up 
Oh, we'll go back to uh, that rare earth theme. Adonis wants to know a fundamental and technical view on a company that I own, uh, Pilbara Minerals, PLS. Um, so, Kunal, I'll throw it over to you for the fundamental side of things. Um, we'd just like to know uh, from your perspective whether uh, you're a supporter of PLS and what it's trying to uh, do and, you know, its acquisition of Altura right next door, which has obviously been a bit of a game changer there. PLS. So let's talk about Pilbara Minerals. Uh, Pilgangura project is among the largest lithium projects with a life of the mine at least 15 years. That's a very good life of the mine 15 years to leverage electric vehicles and energy storage sector lithium demand the company is working in partnership with POSCO, POSCO, P-O-S-C-O, uh, the international uh, business, uh, to jointly develop lithium production facility in South Korea. So the South Korean company is working with PLS. In January 2021, Pilbara successfully acquired Altura project for US $175 million. This augurs well for the company to facilitate the strategic consolidation of the adjoining lithium mining and processing operations. From a technical perspective, uh, PLS um, is consolidating in a triangle pattern. Um, the stock seems to have a good support at around 91 cents. On a longer term time frame, the stock has um, formed a rounding bottom as seen on the monthly charts. And um, we believe that uh, the 91 cents level holds prominence even on the longer time frame charts as well. Uh, what do you think, uh, David? Do you uh, uh, share Kunal's uh, view that that 91 cents is a key level or uh, do you cut it some slack because it's had that incredible run to uh, today? No, I agree that that uh, that is a very important level, that 91 cent level. If it breaks below that on, on some selling, I'd be getting out, uh, no doubt about it. But look, on valuation, it's just a bit stretched for me. Um, you know, the company still is um, just just starting to be cash flow positive, but um, look on earnings, um, I, I can't buy it up here. Uh, I'm positive about the space. Uh, I am positive about the rare earth space, but not buying PLS up here. I, I'd rather uh, pick some others that are, are, are lower down juniors. Yeah, no, that was me getting overexcited. Apologies for that, David. It's uh, lithium uh, that it's involved in, as uh, Kunal correctly uh, stated there. Kunal, oh, I'll come to you for okay. your two stocks. Yeah, I'll come to you for your two stocks to watch. In a moment, I want to answer a quick question from Colin. Um, it's about a company mm. that I have owned in the past. It's Schwick Mining Services, uh, code SWK. Um, he bought it basically um, for the fact that they had their technology, which allowed them to take it on site, where effectively once you drill the hole, you could take the sample out and do, it, do the testing there rather than sending it off to a lab and waiting three or four months um, in order to get the result back. They did have a pilot program with Sandfire, they were going to demerge that part of the business from its engineering side of things, and that was seen as a bit of a value play there as well. I said I used to hold it, I don't hold it anymore. And basically, it's for the same reason that you're voicing your concerns here, Colin. Um, the uh, competitor, Cryos, uh, you know, that's a pretty solid business. Looks like they're getting some headway. Two, they haven't really released much of the results in regards to how this new technology is going. And three, they've delayed the split of the business, which to me means that they don't have enough to go to market with at this point in time. So I was out at um, um, at 19 cents actually, just having a look here. Uh, it's around 17 or it's up a bit today. So actually 16 and a half um, today. I, you know, look, I, I think it's a great idea if they're able to execute on the technology, it'll be great. Cross is only a gold 
um, or only used for gold as opposed to Schwick's uh, technology, which is meant to be for all metals. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But yeah, as you perfectly articulated, it has been a graveyard for investors for some time. And I think the market's going to want some convincing before jumping back into this. All right, then it's time for us to see the live from our great friends at Macro Capital. Uh, they can deliver to you market insights, execution services and investment ideas all in the one package. So why don't you go to the website, macro.com.au, that's M-A-Q-R-O.com.au to learn more about um, their services. All right, then, uh, Kunal, why don't you step up and uh, share with us your two stocks to see the light on that. Remember, we're going to listen attentively to, then we're going to do our own research and see whether they align with our own personal objectives and tolerance to risk. So uh, take it away, Kunal. Um so let's um, talk about the, the first stock. Um, and again, uh, being a, a technology fan, I'm gonna talk about some technology stuff. And all of you have uh, um, heard about this company and it's called Afterpay. So Afterpay, the BNPL player uh, with the recent correction, uh, you know, we believe there are a few opportunities there yeah. um, with their launch in the US, a lot of opportunities there, launch in Asia, a lot of opportunities there. And uh, I think this correction gives a good, good, good opportunity uh, for people to look at um, Afterpay in a new light, in a cheaper light. And uh, and hence, I would say it's a, it's a big one to look at. And the second one I would say is, uh, is Westpac. Westpac, again, we would see that the financials should do really well on the back of uh, very low cash rates. So I think there is a great advantage in the banks right now. And we can see, you know, a lot of uh, value coming through the bank. So I'm again going to stick with the big ones, Afterpay and Westpac. Well, if you had investors lament at $150, it's now close to 100 So if you believe in the business, yeah, I think Kunal's, uh, you know, showing that might be an opportunity there in Westpac, who surprisingly finally has picked itself off the floor as being the dog of the banks and actually produced a pretty solid result. I suppose the question is how low could you go? Um, David, time for you to help us see the light on two stocks that, again, just to remind everyone, we're going to listen diligently to, then we're going to do our own research and see whether they align with their own objectives and tolerance to risk. So take it away, Maestro. Yeah, look, um, it's hard to go past, um, you know, we mentioned Grange before. It's just hard to go past that one for me. Yep. If you're looking for a, a dividend, an excellent dividend yield and also growth in earnings, um, you know, with the caveat, of course, that the iron ore price stays elevated. I mean, look, anywhere north of $100 on the iron ore price, and this, this company still makes money. So here it is, $174 us a ton on the iron ore price but they're getting a premium of course over 200. so i would i would be a buyer of uh, grange i can't find a better value company in terms of cash flow you know earnings growth and dividend yield and on, on, on a low earnings multiple you know i just can't find anything cheaper uh, the other one that i am happy to mention again is horizon um the company came out with their high, half yearly report the oil prices continue to climb I mean, you know, they, they, their guidance is very positive going forward. They're debt free, um, you know, eight and a half cents. The share price for a value in company at 110 million with 10 million in the bank US. So on an enterprise value and with their cash flow, they're generating, my estimation is positive cash flow, 20 million per quarter. So, you know, I, and they, they've instituted, instigated, I should say, a share buyback of 100 million shares. The company uh, has commenced that, that last week. 
last Thursday and they're in the market aggressively buying every day for the next six months. So that's what their view is, is that the share price is undervalued and I totally 100% agree with them. But for some reason, people don't see this, you know, <laughs> for whatever reason, that's the market. <laughs> It is the market. It's done that forever. And sometimes one will be right and then sometimes the other will be right. And that's how it rolls. And that's why every time we're on this program, we see the light with Macro Capital. Go to go to macro.com.au to learn about their services today. Well, you know what, folks? That's all we have time for. So on behalf of all of you, I first want to extend my thank you to Kunal Sawney from Calkine for your contribution today. Thank you, Kunal. Thank you, Elio. Thank you for uh, inviting me and, and sharing, um, you know, ideas and opinions with your audience. It's always a pleasure. And once again, thank you very much for the invite. Now, and calkine.com.au is the website there where you can go to learn about the services that Kunal not only provides on the Australian market, but those global markets as well with that exciting news that his uh, New York office will be opening in the not too distant future. And the other part of our one of our favourite pairings is, of course, the great man, David Novak from Wealthwise Education. Thank you for your contribution today. My absolute pleasure, Elio. And um, yeah, look, I, I, I like to buy companies that make money, you know, and pay dividends. <laughs> At the moment, that's, uh, it's a funny, funny world out there. Anyway, it's always a pleasure. Uh, it's absolutely great and thank you very much. And remember, wealthwiseeducation.com to keep abreast of any of the upcoming education sessions that David runs. He hasn't got any going at the moment, of course, but, but you can uh, join his uh, mailing list and no doubt be kept aware as to when it does occur. Uh, look, I do want to uh, finish off on a, a little bit of a different note. I want to quickly cover off on one question in particular, a trip down memory lane for me. Um, because, look, it's an actual interesting stock. The question came from Craig, and it's Astron, ATR. I didn't want to bother the other guys with it. Uh, look, it is a blast from the past for me because I last looked at Astron when I, you know, cut it from our preferred list back at $3.21 in 2006. Uh, yes, I went back and checked just to make sure. That's not off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> it's involved in Zircan mineral sands, which is used in the production of ceramics, glazes, and other chemicals. Um, Chinese are consuming over half a global supply, actually. It re-domiciled into Hong Kong. It paid a 75-cent capital return. And you can't look at the chart because it's really messy, Craig. Uh, the Donald Mineral Sands in the Wimmera region here in uh, Victoria is the main game here. It's one of the world's largest zircon projects and titanium as well. Um, about 50 years worth, actually, to be exact. They're looking to get their Senegalese project up and running. A little difficult to work with the government over there, as they should know, because they sued the Gambia government who shafted them in 2008. Uh, you might be interested to know they haven't actually been paid yet. Hmm. That's always uh, interesting to see. Uh, look, enough of the history lessons. Yes, mineral sands demand will be strong. Um, will be strong. Although the problem is the top three investors hold 88% of the stock. Seriously, anything that's out there is not going to be right. To be frank, there's you just got to look elsewhere, which is a shame because the Douglas project is an amazing site. But, you know, with the top three holders, only 88%, of which the top one holds over 78%, it's just not going to be, um, yeah, not going to be viable. Um, yes, now, look, uh, as you know, a question at spotty.com.au, or you can text us 0480 079 089 if you've got any questions moving forward. Tomorrow in our short and spotty week, we've got Stuart Roberts from Stocks Down Under and Nick Raj from the charts who will be joining us on the program. And we're always looking for new talent as well, remember? But uh, yeah, send me, send me a little email and I'll let you know if I've tried them already. Thanks again to our sponsors at Share Wealth Systems. Remember to download the ebook, 
16traits.com. And until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty. And together, we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Now, I wonder if I should go long-term deposits. Hmm. Stream Ticker News Live on the Ticker app, on your social media platforms, or watch live and on demand at tickernews.co. News as it breaks and the stories shaping our lives on demand. Ticker, streaming news now.